Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Andrew DeGood joins me on this episode and it's moving and impactful and timely. We talk about the mental health challenges that are facing our our country and our world, and specifically the entrepreneurial uh, subsector of, of our population. And um, we chat a lot about bipolar disorder, type one and two, and dive into his story about how he went undiagnosed for many, many years and how he performed at a very high level, uh, particularly through his manic periods, and how someone in HR, when he was at his former job, told him, uh, absolutely do not mention anything about this. Uh, this was back in 2010. And so he kept it all a secret for over a decade, I think 11 years. And then about three years ago, he started telling his story. And uh, one of his posts on LinkedIn went viral. And his story has absolutely resonated with a lot of people. Um, we talk a lot about business and the uh, ups and downs of, of business, but particularly in the context of mental health and how um, being an entrepreneur can create mental health challenges and people that are prone to having mental health challenges or conditions, disorders, tend to be drawn to um uh, entrepreneurship as well. Um, it's jam-packed with with practical and inspiring information for sure. Anyone who knows anyone who's dealing with any kind of mental health struggle right now, honestly, and everyone should listen to this because it, it, we talk a lot about not just medication, but also what we should all be doing with regard to um, staying healthy and keeping our mental fitness in in check and on the up and up. Uh, very, very timely. Like I said, Andrew deals with a lot of entrepreneurs and he's working on one project that he can't yet talk about. And another project that is soon to be, uh, launched, uh, which is dealing, uh, which is supporting particularly men, uh, who are struggling with mental health challenges. So, um, again, it's, it's this is a needed conversation and uh, I'm just thankful that he's decided to be vulnerable and transparent with his story and thankful that he spent some valuable time with us. Enjoy. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. 
Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us a special guest, Andrew DeGood. Andrew, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Jamie. Thanks. Awesome. We've uh, we, we've been trying to make this happen for a bit now. We've both had uh, issues, and and here we are. I'm, I'm pumped that we could connect and bring some value to our listeners uh, Andrew, you are a tech entrepreneur. You've had some, uh, at least one successful business exit for sure that we're going to talk about. And you're also someone who openly talks about your challenges and your journey dealing with mental health and specifically bipolar, uh, bipolar disorder. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about that and the kind of crossover between entrepreneurship and mental health. Um, but uh, why don't you drill in for the listener? What are you up to today? Who are you today? Yeah, thanks, Jamie. I, I appreciate that. Um, and really excited to be here and be able to talk about not only the entrepreneurship side, but obviously, you know, mental health. So currently today, uh, as you mentioned, I exited Canopy Financial Technology Partners. Uh, I know that's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> back in 2022, and uh, I spent a little bit of time with another startup. Uh, in 23, but uh, ended up stepping away from that one. And so right now, uh, unfortunately, I have one tech project that's in stealth mode, so I can't really talk about it. Got it. Uh, sorry for all the secrecy. Uh, <laughs> and the other project that has additionally been in stealth mode, which is the other half um, of who I am today, uh, mm -hmm. is a men's community uh, largely based around men's mental health. Uh, which we will be launching uh, sometime in March, uh, which is called Iron Tribe. That's awesome. Yeah, I've uh, been following you. We we chatted a couple months ago, and I, I've uh, been following you on social media, particularly LinkedIn. And I just uh, you love what you're putting out there, and um, it's uh, I highly recommend the listener go give you a follow for sure. Um, Let's jump into your backstory. Uh, I know you and I were chatting briefly beforehand about um, you know the purpose of this show and trying to add value to the listener by um, discussing adversity. And, and I know you've been through kind of all three types of adversity that we tend to focus on uh, on this show, health, relationship, and financial. Um, you want to kind of address, I know we're going to get into the, the mental health stuff and uh, how that has you know, how your journey has and your battles and ups and downs with that have gone. Let's talk about the other two first, um, financial and relationship. What, what comes to mind when we, when I bring up adversity that you've overcome in those two areas? 
Yeah, um, those are great questions. Um, and I I think I would uh, say that I they actually somewhat all tie together, um, sure. to be honest. So if it's okay, I think I'm going to actually just jump yeah, straight into absolutely. the mental health and, and how all of that has uh, shaped and, together. And, and, and very quickly. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh there's no question. They're all related and you know, yeah. especially for entrepreneurs, it, it it's hard to to compartmentalize things for sure. Um so yeah, let's do it. Where do you want to start? So, I think, you know, in my story, the the first place I always go to is is uh 7-year-old Andrew. So, okay. at 7 years old was uh what was my first hypomanic uh or mixed state episode. Uh, as a result of being bipolar too. Now okay. that was a really long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. And as you can imagine, mental health was not a huge topic in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, you know, we certainly didn't understand what was going um, on back there. Very little was known about bipolar. So sure. I was really looked at as a very outgoing little kid who had um, some pretty, uh, significant anger management issues mm. is what everybody believed. So now I would go a, another 28 years. It would be 28 late years later, uh, Jamie, until I was actually diagnosed, which is in 2010. And throughout those 28 years, living with undiagnosed bipolar two, uh, created a whole bunch of challenges. Um, so I would later on go on to uh, have a lot of challenges with what people thought was addiction uh, at the mm. time as well, mm. which really I was just self-medicating mm. um, to offset the depression and the hypomania um, related to the bipolar. Uh, okay. As you can imagine, that then brings a lot of financial um, issues and a lot sure. of ups and downs. Uh, and I would, I would spend, you know, really, I dropped out of college, um, okay. after about a year and a half, just couldn't cope. Um, the bipolar again, still undiagnosed, uh, yeah. having a lot of issues with that. I would go 10 years through multiple industries. I was, uh, you know, a bartender, a waiter, a food and beverage director. I worked in the car industry as a car salesman. I was a furniture salesman. Uh, and it wouldn't be until the early 2000s until I landed into the financial um, arena, which would later on take me into the fintech space. Hmm. So that presented a lot of challenges in corporate life as well. Yeah. I, I would have these outbursts and it would put a lot of strain on a lot of the relationships sure. um, that were going on in a corporate yes. setting. No, that makes total sense. So your, your mental health challenges bled into your financial life and your relationships. Uh, I mean, and, and again, like we've said, it's it's they're not separate. I mean, they're they're everything is everything is related. And even mental health. And this is a whole burgeoning part of this field uh is uh is related to physical health and you know that we can get into all that later but it's not like you you can just put mental health on this on a shelf and and it doesn't affect anything else um as you know it's for sure so so let's define a couple of things what is bipolar disorder and what is bipolar disorder type 2 yeah great thanks for bringing that up Jamie so there's 
uh bipolar one and bipolar two effectively so we'll we'll talk about bipolar kind of at a high level which yeah is uh in you have what are called manic or hypomanic episodes and mm-hmm. depressive episodes so just think of it as a whole bunch of energy and you know yeah. uh the life of the party on one side mm-hmm. and curled up in bed depressed on the other side mm-hmm. and in bipolar one it can have far greater swing on the what's called manic mm-hmm. um side and a lot of times they can be very damaging um mm-hmm. it can be spending uh, lots of money irresponsibly mm-hmm. uh you know all sorts of addictive gambling um, types of personalities yeah gambling sex addiction drug addiction Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so on and so forth in bipolar one tends to be caught and treated more often because it's on the furthest end of the spectrum sure whereas bipolar two is it's a a slightly more subtle yeah it's a little more subtle um so in my hypomanic stages you know I may talk a little bit more. I may get um, more irritable and have anger outbursts and things like that may have like some, some addictive qualities to it Mm -hmm. um, when it's untreated. Um, Mm -hmm. Bipolar two though, interestingly tends to have more depression and Mm. more depressive episodes. Okay. My particular genre of bipolar two tends to also have a lot of what's called mixed state. And okay. that is what is a where mania or hypomania and depression yeah. uh, uh, cross over. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I will get a level of depression yeah. that has an energetic feel to it. So I'm not stuck in bed, right? So it's not what you would traditionally yeah. associate to depression. Right. You, you, it's, like a, it's like a higher energy, like you said, a higher energy level of depression. So yeah, you're 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 you look you don't look depressed quote unquote right to, to exactly. the outsider to the average okay. person on the outside i wouldn't yeah. look depressed but internally yeah the, the self-talk the mm-hmm. lack of desire passion like those sure. are very present internally yeah and and for the record i mean we, the, the normal caveats neither of us are doctors and we're not giving medical yeah. advice anything like Sorry. that we're not we're not uh you're more of an expert than I am, but neither of us are mental health experts. And there's and unfortunately we've dealt with some 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 of this in our home in the last uh twelve to, to fifteen months. And so I've I've learned a lot about it as well. That said, it, it's ever changing. It, it's a di- we we've only scratched the surface as far as understanding all of this. Absolutely. Um so so we have a long way to go. Um neither of us are sitting here saying this is the final word on, on mental health or, you know, or, or, or we know, or we know everything about it, but that's really interesting. So type two is a little bit harder to diagnose, I would say, right. Because it's yeah. less, less so extreme it's... in some ways. Um, and then there's sort of the mixed bag of mania and depression simultaneously. It sounds like um, just, so is there like, is it, is a, a phase or an episode does that last you know a day or or six months or i can yeah so the other thing that's kind of tough about bipolar uh both one and two is it's it's very unique um every Mm -hmm. person with bipolar is like a snowflake if you will (laughs) uh 
And so I've known folks with bipolar two who have very, very depressive episodes where they can't get out of bed. I've never mm -hmm. had that. So I can't even mm -hmm. um, necessarily relate to it. Um, is terms of cycling, even the cycling is very, mm -hmm. very individual. So mm -hmm. uh, mine typically tends to be a couple of months on the depressive side, a couple of months on the hypomanic side. Although yeah. within those, yeah. you can still have your kind of sure. ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, now, that being said, mine is obviously diagnosed and treated sure. today. So it looks very, very differently than obviously yeah. an undiagnosed, untreated. No, and I it just... I do appreciate you you chatting about this and being open about it. It's it's um you know we we've I, I'm sure it isn't easy and maybe it's gotten easier to talk about uh, since you've you've come out with this with your own story. But it's such an important I mean we're such an important topic. We have a, a mental health crisis on our hands, and especially in the in the world of entrepreneurs, there's there's a higher rate of mental health challenges within the entrepreneurial group than in most, than the quote unquote average or non-entrepreneurial well, uh, section of, of people. Sector, yeah. And say. interestingly enough, some of the most famous entrepreneurs that you know are bipolar. Yeah. Okay. So Steve jobs was bipolar. Richard mm. Branson is bipolar. Mm. Uh, Elon Musk um, is bipolar. So yeah, it's, uh, so bipolar folks are drawn to entrepreneurial mm. pursuits because of that hypomanic or manic, we get like mm -hmm. super tunnel vision. Yeah. So we can okay. become hyper, hyper focused on a yeah. thing uh -huh. and our brain moves at such speed. And we right. have, we also have a higher level of re resilience. Mm. So when you have to, when you spend your entire life going through these ups and downs, it yeah. actually gain or, or builds a significant amount of resilience, which I think for everybody who's yeah. listening understands, like <laughs> there's one key thing to entrepreneurship. It's, well, it's that's so true. And focus. I mean, those are two critical things, especially nowadays in today's, you know, today's world where we're getting bombarded with so much information. There's so many shiny objects mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. Oh, there's a business I want to start. You know, focus has become, I think, even more critical to success. So the fact that in your, your sort of, not sort of, but your manic phases, you're more focused and you have more energy and more clarity and more resilience, like you said. I mean, that is a superpower if you're only looking at it <laughs> in the, with that absolutely with that lens. Yeah. yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, there's there's the old adage of I you know of I hate being bipolar. It's awesome because <laughs> to your point, like there are sides of it that are superpowers. Right. You know, and people have asked me this question: If I could take away your bipolar tomorrow, would you let me? And the answer is absolutely not. Hmm. which confuses okay. the heck out of people because they're like, Wait, sure. what? like you right. talk about all these terrible sides to it. And I'm like, yeah, but the great parts yeah. for me outweigh those sides hmm. of it. Oh, that's, that's great. You can see it that way. That's awesome. And we had the bipolar general, uh, Greg Martin on our, on our Love show a little him. while ago. Yeah, he was, he's fantastic. And he talked about what a, what a superpower when he was deployed and that, that his, his mania was that he was able to accomplish so much. Um, so that was surprising to me to, to hear that at that time was, you know, I, I, you think of, Oh, bipolar is all bad. Everything's all bad. 
No, it's more a matter of understanding it as best we can and managing it and working with it. And obviously, you know, you know that about that a lot more than I do. So, so, you know, your backstory again, so, so it sounds like you created, did create a lot of ups and downs and, and a lot of challenges with regard to financial, your financial health and your relationship health and um, what looked like an addiction, you said, which led to financial challenges. And um, so walk us through kind of, I guess that just say, say the last five or 10 years of your professional career, what did that look like? Yeah. So diagnosed in 2010 and the, uh, I was actually doing a startup with someone else at the time, not my own. I just, I just happened to be the, I think it was employee 15 or something. Uh, and I got diagnosed, uh, I actually self-diagnosed. I, I'd had okay. an outburst at work. Uh, I was put on uh, leave, unpaid leave. And as you can imagine freaking out, you know, I was a 30 something, uh, had just moved my entire family across the country for a new startup idea. And, wow. uh, so terrifying to say the least. Sure. And the very first person I ever told, uh, in the HR department said, don't ever tell anybody that again. And this just wow. speaks to, for folks to understand in 2010, we did not talk about mental health. Like, mm -hmm. Sure. not like it's, it is today yeah and that's to be fair that's not that long ago right no, i mean it's, it's not. we're not talking 1910 1810 no. we're talking 2010 2010 14, Less than years, 14 ago. years ago really yeah yeah absolutely. and i but i wanted a seat at the table right i had you know at, the, at that point in time i was very focused on climbing you know the corporate ladder i was mm -hmm. you know in my you know 30s earlier 30s you know mm -hmm. i had my yeah. first director role um was was really doing well career wise uh my home mm -hmm. life was a bit of a dumpster fire but mm. uh that's a totally different story so yeah so i got diagnosed um i didn't talk to anybody about it now my, let me just briefly oh, i'm sorry yeah. to, sorry to jump into the the hr rep i mm -hmm. i'm guessing they were trying to help you is oh, it? absolutely. They had nothing but my best interest at heart because they knew if I came out and I was public about this, that it would be career suicide right. it, because back then it was, I mean, right. you have to remember it's so bipolar is still considered a disability. Mm -hmm. I don't see it that way mm -hmm. personally mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. Um, but technically we do fall into that category and yeah she just knew like where I was headed and what I mm -hmm. wanted to do. Sure. And she knew nobody was going to give me a seat at the big kids table. Got it. If I was the quote yeah. unquote crazy one, because so, again, yeah. 2010. Now it makes sense now that, you know, that, and it makes sense that you would listen to that advice. I mean, why would you, why would you just ruin your own <laughs> career? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So and then, so you have an outburst at work and you're essentially sent, not essentially, you're sent home on unpaid leave. And then what happens? Yeah. So that's where I started doing a lot of digging. Um, you know, I was, I was on Google like crazy trying to figure mm -hmm. out like, what the heck's wrong with me? Like, I didn't want to be this way. Right. Like, sure. um, it just, I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what, uh, yeah. And so I went to a uh, psychiatrist for the first time in my entire life. 
Mm-hmm. And I basically I was like, listen, I think I'm this thing. I think I'm bipolar too. Like I've read mm-hmm. all the things. And basically he was like, yeah, that that checks. Um, and at that point in time, I went on a mood stabilizer, uh, mm-hmm. Lamictal, okay. uh, which which didn't okay job. Uh, okay. At that point in time, the drugs were still not very well understood for mm-hmm. bipolar. Yeah. Um, the way that they are today, uh, my medication protocol looks very, very different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest problem was I didn't talk to anyone. And so like a good little Gen Xer, uh, I listened yeah. to my doctor and I took my pill and I thought this is yeah. as good as it gets. Right. And, 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 and let me just chance, cause this, cause again, this has been front and center for us at home, um, recently, just this is my own take, right? I I'm not anti-medication by any stretch, but I do think there's a risk that we run in in prescribing these medications and saying, and acting like that's going to solve all your problems because <laughs> then you don't. And I know, and I followed, I follow you, and 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 I I know you have clean eating habits and and other things I'd love to get into here, but um, <laughs> you shouldn't stop there. The medication is not going to be the end all be all. So I, so to me, that's the risk we run and, and, and a doctor gives you a prescription and then says, good luck. It, there's so much more to this than just the prescription. Yeah. Is that fair? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things I always say is you can't out medicate lifestyle protocols mm. and you can't out lifestyle medication protocols. Mm. You okay. For yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. For me. I absolutely have to have both. And what can be very frustrating for some folks is getting the medication protocol is is difficult. It takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I unfortunately had not advocated for myself because mm-hmm. I had gone into hiding. So I would actually go about 11 years on what mm-hmm. I would tell you today was the wrong medication protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also go... 11 years with effectively no lifestyle protocol. So Mm. I wouldn't understand why it's important for me to have a predominantly meat-based keto diet or Mm -hmm. why cold plunges are extremely important Mm. for me. Did one this morning uh, of, you know, the, the practice of meditation, why sleep is like the absolute number one thing, right? So yeah. there's all of these pieces that go into it. So yeah, a hundred percent, you got to have both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I recall, uh, it wasn't for me, but, um, being in, uh, you know, a psychiatric facility last year and, and it was, you know, dark and, uh, the, the, the food offered there was extremely unhealthy. Mm. And there, so there's, there's not much sunlight yeah. going, there's no exercise, I mean, all these things that we all need, whether we've, whether we have these conditions or not, But I need it more than you. Well, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. But we all need it. And and, and I mean, you know, and and let's be honest, there's still a lot we don't know about this. You might, you know, can it be prevented? I I don't know. Probably not. You know, as far as are you born with it? I, I guess so. Right. But there's still a nebulous part of this, this whole mental health thing. And so all I'm saying is whether you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder type two or not, 
you should engage in these healthy living absolutely habits that that you're talking about yeah Uh, i'd recommend that lifestyle protocol to anyone for sure absolutely so okay so you go 11 years with essentially just not uh, correct me if i'm wrong but you're kind of perpetuating the the problems that are um that you have and you're not you're on the wrong medication and and you're not living a healthy lifestyle is that is that yeah i i always describe it as i had been walking along in a ditch on the side of the road Hmm. and somebody handed me a geo prism um and for Hmm. anybody who's not a gen Mm -hmm. x or a boomer that was a really crappy car back (laughs) in the 90s yeah and i thought oh my gosh this is so wonderful but what I didn't realize was everybody else was driving a Porsche 911 GT, right? And so here I am just yeah. sort of limping along, like I said, like thinking right. this is as good as it's going to get. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you're 100% right. Still having some struggles, but really still so hyper-focused on mm. this climb to the C-suite. That's what I really wanted was... Yeah. I thought that was what was going to validate Andrew Mm -hmm. and that once I got there, I would be happy Mm -hmm. and that would solve all my problems. Yeah. um, Sort of situation. And then the the pandemic happened. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, uh, that was a big one. So, so talk, talk us through the last few years um, of your, yeah. Yeah. So how have things gone for you? So in 2020, I had, uh, in 2019, I was helping to do a, a startup division within an existing company uh, out in South, Southern California. It was going amazing. Uh, you know, we really built out a fantastic team. And then the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. I got on a plane and I flew home. Uh, it was the morning after they canceled the NBA season. I'll never forget. Oh yeah, that that was huge. That's when I realized that was this is a big yes. deal. Me as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad that Adam Silver is the one who has decided that like the pandemic right. is real. Not, and right? I don't even really follow the NBA. It was just like, yeah, that's, that's, when, that's yeah, when I realized just... it was this is this is a big deal. So, So, you know, a couple of months into the pandemic, the the PE firm behind the company, you know realized they needed to cut costs, you know, and understandably so. We didn't know what was going on with the secondary market. Sure. We didn't know how long this was going to last. So we ended up parting ways um, in the summer of 2020. And shortly thereafter, I had a friend who called me up and said, hey, we should start our own company. Hmm. And I was like, you're crazy. You realize (laughs) the world is in lockdown, right? And so we would uh, spend about a month talking through it. And uh, by September of 2020, we decided, hey, let's give this a go. We went out, did our pitch deck, uh, raised our first um, you know, seed capital round uh, shockingly fast. Uh, mm-hmm. It was literally a whirlwind. I think it was about three, four weeks um from you know first pitch deck to actually you know having secured the seed round so we incorporated the company september 29th of 2020 uh it was also on my youngest son's birthday so i'll never forget (laughs) that one and uh we would you know go into stealth mode at that point for uh roughly four months give or take three four months um at that point and you know, I can tell you in that stealth mode period, you know, 
there were multiple things that made me think, oh gosh, we're not going to be able to do this. Oh my God, we're going to burn through the seed money and mm-hmm. the plane is never going to take off. Uh, I think that's one of the things, if you've got any budding entrepreneurs listening, yeah. is yeah. being that unicorn seven, eight, nine digit exit on an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. like you got the same chances of being Patrick Mahomes. And I think <laughs> we don't talk enough about this, right? 100%. It's uh, it's so the odds are very much stacked against you for for a successful to to run any successful business, honestly. Yeah, um, it's and and so I think a lot of people jump into this thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing, and it's you know yeah. I don't know the numbers on it, Jamie, but yeah. it's less than five percent, I'm sure, of of people who ever found their own company, even yeah. fewer who exit, and like. So, so last week's episode that came out a week ago from from today, uh, we talk. He goes into the numbers actually. Uh, and, oh, great! And it's it's very and so if you if you missed that episode, go back and listen to that one. Yeah, for sure. Very, very, uh, very difficult to have to found a a successful business and then exit it. So, uh, I mean, yeah, and. So tons of ups and downs. Entrepreneurship is is not easy. I don't want to discourage anyone, uh, you know, but it's not it's not what you see on social media all the time, for sure. Absolutely. Now, that being said, I love it. And I think I'm about to do it and I'm about to do it again. (laughs) Why? I'm not sure. Some days, you know, this does. Oh. Was, uh, I'm sorry. I was just, what kind of business was this? That, I don't know if we, we said, um, yeah, so it was a tech enabled financial services. So it was it. effectively yep. kind of like a data validation Oracle for the, uh, secondary market, um, securitizations. I know Got that it. all sounds fancy, but it was, you know, cleaning up data, assessing risk, um, on mortgage portfolios, basically. Got it. So, you know, this really brings me, I will, I will tell you, if my one tidbit of advice that I yeah. always give to entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to to volunteer in an entrepreneurship high school we have here locally, as as well as work nice. with some active um, entrepreneurs, and that is get a co-founder. <laughs> um, now, I had a co-founder. I had yeah. an amazing co-founder, John Levinick. is uh, a very brilliant and talented attorney. Uh, out of the Connecticut area, and we'd known each other for about two decades. You know, my wife is a solopreneur. She is mm-hmm. a clinical psychologist. She owns two practices that are very successful, one in Chicago, one here in Fort Wayne. And guess what? When my wife is having a bad day, like there's no one else to pick up mm-hmm. the ball and, you know, take care of whatever it is that's needed to be taken care of. Sure. And John was huge. It was mm-hmm. not only was it the support of John and I to just be able to be like, dude, this is tough. Yeah. You right. know, and Absolutely. have those conversations because entrepreneurship can be very lonely also. 100%. Uh, like, it's, I, yeah. And, and this is not, you know, to have a pity party for me. That's not the intent, but I'm absolutely. I mean, I'm busy. I'm I don't say that to, to uh, trust me. I'm not saying it to brag. I, I wish yeah, I no, I, I have no idea. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm busy and have a lot of calls and meetings and all this stuff. And, but absolutely there, there's not too many people that can really, you know, unless you have a, a business partner, co-founder, or you plug yourself into a group of entrepreneurs, 
you know, be intentional about spending at least some time that way. No, most people don't understand what you're going through. So it can yes. be a very, very lonely, you know, uh, situation. And you're, you're constantly dealing with problems. That's what you're, that's what you're, that's, that's what an entrepreneur and a truly a leader is, is you're dealing with solving problems. Otherwise there'd be no purpose of your, your company. You don't deal with the good stuff. <laughs> like, that's what I always say. Yeah. Like entrepreneurs, yeah. uh, Elon Musk, love him or hate him actually talks yeah. about this of where like, the seat, like there's a funnel that goes to the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I've just all that. the, yeah. it's all the bad stuff. Absolutely. Like the good stuff goes to other people. Like we just like process Correct. through all the bad crap. And when it's right. just you, like That's it really can hard. be very difficult. So absolutely. Yeah. So we were, you know, we were really fortunate. Um, you know, we, we, we caught all the right breaks. And this mm -hmm. is the other piece that I talk about. Like mm -hmm. you, you've got to be talented. Mm -hmm. You've got to be hardworking and you mm -hmm. also have to be lucky. Like people don't Absolutely. talk about the lucky factor enough. Yes. I feel like. Well, not, um, not when they're successful, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like there's tons of guys smarter than Elon Musk. Like uh, it's true. It's, but right, the right. dude's lucky, sure. right? That's he's true. got no, all that's... the other components, but right. he's also lucky. So, 100%. You know, we would we would be really fortunate. You know, we would uh, Flagstar Bank would actually be our first client um, that we snatched up in early 2021. And we would go through rocket ship growth. So mm. we uh, would 10x the size of the company in five months. So we went from 13 employees to 130 employees uh, wow. in a five month span, wow. which is insane That's growth. Man, Grant Cardone has um, nothing on you. <laughs> not, it's kidding. not huge, but you know, it's that not is... huge from a company size, but but that sort of rocket ship. And yeah. it was fantastic. We had one of the best. Oh, actually, no, we had the best culture I've ever been a part mm. of. It was so, so fortunate. Um, and it was huge, but it definitely um had still a little bit of a toll on my mental health. So okay. the the hypomania would lead to not enough sleep at periods mm -hmm. of time, which would cause to, you know, a fair amount of irritability. Mm -hmm. But again, John was really there for me. And that mm -hmm. was where that co-founder component was so important. And sure. so John really made sure it didn't bleed into the rest of the company um, right. and really helped me out quite a bit. So mm -hmm. what would be the biggest change ever would come in April of 2021. And that was where I decided through a you know bunch of events that occurred that I needed to come out about being bipolar. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that set off, you know, a LinkedIn post uh that would go extremely viral that mm -hmm. was entitled, This is what bipolar looks like. And mm -hmm. I was amazed at the outpouring of support and people mm -hmm. who were just shocked. They were like, mm -hmm. I thought you had had this easy life, you know, this, right. this path of gold, you know, sort right, of thing. Right. And I was like, yeah, it must be nice to be uh, Andrew. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, not so much, guys. Right. So, you know, that, but even at that point in time, I'll tell you, Jamie, I wasn't, I wasn't as focused on advocating for myself. And that's going to be the big thing I would tell to people mm -hmm. as a takeaway is mm -hmm. 
you have to advocate for your own mental health. I have, um, since that point in time, mm -hmm. after, mm -hmm. you know, we exited canopy, I got deep dive into my own mental health and mm -hmm. I started doing a lot of research. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I use, uh, I actually use large language models like perplexity to teach mm. myself mm. more about my own bipolar. Mm. And that would go on to really give me a huge journey in the lifestyle yeah. protocol and the the medication protocol. Yeah. Well, but I, I just, I love that point because I mean, that is a theme on our, on our show across almost every episode is just taking ownership of your situation and, and advocating for yourself that is not to say you're all by yourself, you're alone, no one else cares, you know, and, and I mean, you already talked about the importance of teamwork and a co-founder and those connections and pe having other people you can rely on. But at the end of the day, the medical system is not going to, not going to advocate for you, at least the way it's set up, you know, now. No, and, and, absolutely. And, yeah, you're right. You know, so you've got to advocate for yourself. I couldn't agree more. And you could, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, there's, not we have this belief that every doctor is like a top tier doctor and that's, that's just right. not that's just not the case no so you know canopy was on this like high flying uh -huh. like all is good uh growth like crazy uh we would do an additional fundraise uh in late 2021 uh and move into a stage uh to get an offer for acquisition uh and it was going to be it was 4x from our initial valuation so in less than a year to 4x the value of your company pretty impressive wow uh and we were stoked like we've hit we, you know we're the pink unicorn in under a year <laughs> right. sort of situation right uh and then 2022 would happen and the markets would go yeah. south real fast and the fed sure. would step in and our 4x acquisition would go mm -hmm. and disappear wow. um and then the russia ukraine war would break sure. out in march which had a tremendous effect on the secondary markets yeah and honestly jamie it felt like 2020 all over again and it was like, oh, wow. And it would start down a path of layoffs at first. Right. And I will tell, again, for any budding entrepreneurs out there, mm -hmm. I came from the corporate world. Mm -hmm. I have been laid off. Mm -hmm. I have laid off for other people. And yeah. then I have laid off when it's my own company. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more emotionally... Mm -hmm just yeah. devastating than than having to lay someone off who and right. you can probably relate to this I who can. i felt personally responsible for those people yeah. i don't mean this this may sound wrong but i viewed every employee of that company as like a child mm. of mine mm. like they were yeah. my responsibility their family was my responsibility sure. and i mean jamie well, i it's broke it's part down of the yeah. Yeah. Broke down in tears. Um, I mean, it's part of the reason, part of the appeal for a lot of entrepreneurs in, in, in hiring people is you want to, you know, rising tide lifts all, all ships, right? So you want to help your team out along the way. You want your 
your employees to be successful financially, right? So yeah, absolutely. The converse, you know, the flip side is okay. This didn't go well. Now, now I'm letting you go. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had I've been there, and it is not is not fun. I know we're we are uh, pushing our time here. Um, so what did the what did the exit look like? 2022? Yeah, to so 2022 continued to be a fight on the financial side. It was it was a struggle. Um, it, it never got any, any easier. Um, and then in late 2022, we really were in a position of, you know, where we needed the company to be acquired. Uh, mm-hmm. We were fortunate enough um, to find a competitor um, who wanted to acquire the organization um, mm-hmm. largely uh, for the client base uh, and for the reputation that we had built. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it would have been late December. We mm-hmm. signed the papers uh, to have the company acquired as part of that. Uh, I actually stepped away um, pretty much immediately because uh, okay. I was fairly duplicative for the organization okay. that was acquiring. And again, not in a great market. And so I would step away from that. And Mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I would just spend, uh, you know, time focused on me uh, and trying to figure out my own bipolar, my journey, and then really what was next for me, which is, you know, landed me to where we are today and a place I'm super excited. I'm, I'm as pumped for 2024 as any year I've ever been. I will tell you that. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to. As we wrap up, I want to find out more about that. Um, I uh, had a Kevin Dahlstrom has been on the show. He uh, for the listener, he's been on twice, and a similar story with regard to the timing of his exit. It was a fintech called Swell, and um, it was looking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2022 happened, and he was able to exit, you know, for for a profit, but it wasn't the the grand slam he was he right was hoping it wasn't for. the pink unicorn he had hoped Ex- exactly so um now tell us more before my the rapid fire round tell us more about what you're up to today dive into that for us if you would yeah so there's kind of two sides to me today uh one is i still just have a deep love and excitement and passion around emerging tech um so i am working on something over on the tech side uh, that is uh, in stealth mode. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. we can't really mm-hmm. talk about that at all. Uh, the other piece uh, is men's mental health became really important to me uh, sure. over the last you know four to five months. I've had a whole series of of events that the universe just kept shoving me into that mm-hmm. path. And so I'm working, uh, we'll launch in March with a mm-hmm. men's uh, community that's really focused on combating a lot of the things that are going on of this epidemic of not only loneliness that we're seeing with men, um, yeah. but obviously all the things that we know. Um, when you look at the stats, you know, it's an epidemic really in sure. this country. Uh, you know, men are responsible for 100% of mass shootings, mm. uh, 85 to 95% of homicides. Mm. We make up 80% of suicides, mm. uh, 70, this is a crazy one, 70 to 90% of all divorces are initiated by women. If the woman mm. is college educated, it's 90%. And so wow. we just knew that something needed to be done. And a, me and a group of gentlemen, we just, we were tired of everybody talking about the numbers. 
Mm-hmm. And we realized right. that people really needed connection and sure. transparency. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so that's what this is going to all be about. And, you know, look, awesome. look towards next month or March. We'll start having some stuff coming out about it. That's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's absolutely needed. It's specifically for men, like you, like you've said, and like you're focused on that's, there's a huge need there. So un- unfortunately there's a huge need there, but I'm yeah. glad you're doing something about it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm learning more and more about it every day. Um, and so the crossover that the high numbers in entrepreneurship, do you think, do you think that I know you said people with mental health challenges uh, or conditions are drawn to entrepreneurship. Do you think that being an entrepreneur can lead to mental health challenges or episodes? Or is it Absolutely. Kind of... Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think if you don't understand the stress that you're getting into and if you don't yeah. have the support mechanisms and and the psychology around finances and things like that, it can absolutely lead to some damage. For sure. I'm looking at a graphic on a visual capital capitalist. I know you're not supposed to refer to something that people can't see on an audio uh, presentation, but uh, mental health and entrepreneurs, and it's got a, a really easy to interpret um, graphic that shows addiction and bipolar specific depression, ADHD, addiction and bipolar, and how and the high rates uh, among the entrepreneur uh, group out there. Um, so we recommend the listener check that out. All right. I, I know we're, we're about out of time here, Andrew. This has been really, really good. Um, what's one thing that people misunderstand about you? What is one thing people misunderstand? Even though I'm an extroverted extrovert, I oftentimes uh, have a difficult time if I'm in a situation with a large group of people that I don't know. So like if you set if you sent me to a conference where I don't mm-hmm. know anyone, it's mm-hmm. a very intimidating environment for me. Got it. Um, what is a book that you could recommend? I know you have several back there behind you. Woo! Uh, I I apologize. You're not going to get just one from me. So uh, the oh, number good. one business book that every entrepreneur sh- should read is Idea Flow by Jeremy Utley, who used to be the head of the D School. Um, okay. At yep. uh, at Stanford. Uh, number two, uh, and that one is behind me. Number two is also behind me, which is man enough by Justin Baldoni. And I would say that, that every man, um, who's struggling with masculinity and what that looks like for, for them, Mm -hmm. uh, should a hundred percent read that book. And lastly, I would say anybody who has someone in their life who's bipolar, who thinks they might be bipolar, who is bipolar, should a thousand percent read the book by Chris Hagen called bipolar. Not so much. It does the best job I've ever seen of really laying out what's bipolar one, what's bipolar two, what are the important lifestyle um, protocols and what are the uh, important medication protocols and really lays out the why in hmm. all of those things. Okay. It's really good. I'll throw one more. I don't know if you've read this one, but, uh, brain energy by, uh, Chris Palmer. Um, I it's, not uh, this one. 
Yeah, he he he's really trying to. It's not quite as tactical as what you just talked about with the, that that book, but it's more. He's trying to change the way we approach mental health um, as a as a culture and as a medical community specifically, and mm-hmm. tie in. Basically, the the gist of it is that everything starts with the mitochondria, and that he's not saying trust me, he's not saying mental health is a made up thing or mental health disorders are not real. He's saying that how all of these things are the physical, mental, spiritual, all of it is, is connected. And that, you know, the neurologists in the world need to be speaking with the mental health professionals, psychiatrists and psychologists and, and, and kind of general practitioners, et cetera, that there's a, there, that we need to approach this from a more holistic perspective. Yeah, um, can't agree so brain energy that. is the one I'll, I'll throw yeah, out. I'm going to have to read that one. <laughs> it does kind of leave you with, okay, what do I do in my, you know, what do I do now? You know, if, if we're dealing with this tactically, but I love what he's doing uh, big picture wise. Um, Andrew, what's one question that I haven't asked you that you wish I had? One question that you haven't asked me. Oof. I don't know. I feel like there were there were, there were so many. We covered a lot. Anything so you want to anything you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I mean I think again that just you know if we've got any budding entrepreneurs. There's there's a couple of things to remember. One, I I always recommend to everybody that that you have a co-founder. Um, number two is is understanding that that it's a grind and you you've got to love the journey. Um, if you're expecting windfalls of money, you're, you're going to be good chance. You might be disappointed. Um, and the last one I will tell you is someone who thought he was going to have a gigantic exit and then has the carpet ripped under him. Fortunately, I didn't make any bad decisions, but I've heard of a lot of people who, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they counted their, uh, their eggs before they Mm -hmm. hatched. Um, and that's, that's an important reminder is, yeah. In the entrepreneurial world, things can change really fast, really, Very really true. fast. So Very true. Now, you, and don't compound what might be a problem by creating a, a much bigger problem. The Absolutely. other thing I'll throw in is what you said earlier about advocating for yourself on the mental health side. That was a key, key takeaway for me as well. Um, Andrew, where can our listeners reach out to you online? Uh, really the place that I am, Jamie, almost all the time is LinkedIn. Uh, it's the only social media platform that I use a lot. I do, uh, speak largely, uh, on, uh, my page about, uh, men's mental health. And it's just literally simply Andrew to good. I, I think I might be the only Andrew to good on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty easy to find on that front. Uh, and if any listeners, you know, any follow-up questions they have for me, I'm always open to new connections and just shoot me a DM on there. Fantastic. This has been really, really good. I appreciate everything you're doing. And like I said, I've been following you on LinkedIn and it's, it's all really good stuff. And I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And to the listener out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks everyone. Take care. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? 
dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.